you're listening to the Patriot Pastors Podcast, where we talk about the current events from a pastor's perspective, as well as calling America back to the faith of our fathers. Welcome to the Patriot Pastors Podcast. I'm Wade Lentz, pastor of Barrel Baptist Church in Bologna, Arkansas, and I'm joined with my co-host, Harold Smith, pastor of Lee Creek Baptist Church in Van Buren, Arkansas. Good to see you, Wade. Good to see you. Haven't seen you, talked to you since uh, Christmas. Did you have a good Christmas? I did. I, uh, I I don't know. Santa brought me fat for Christmas. I woke up <laughs> fat on Christmas morning. I, I didn't think I was that big, but uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas meals caught up with me. Wow, wow. You know, I didn't tell you that uh, one of my Christmas gifts was I received a uh, an original transcript from Charles Spurgeon. Is a sermon he preached in 1889. Wow. And uh, one of those authenticated transcripts. And so, man, to me, that was an awesome gift. And uh, so it'll be on my wall pretty soon. I was pretty pumped about that. I've always wanted one of those transcripts where, you know, somebody has written out his sermon and he's just made notations yes. or edited things he wanted in or out. And yeah. so you actually have his writing. You have a, a portion of a sermon that he preached. Those are very neat pieces of history, I think. And they are. Of course, you know, Spurgeon is, in my opinion, one of the greatest uh, preachers of all time and, and definitely, the, in my opinion, the greatest Baptist preacher of mm-hmm. all time. Absolutely. And I've, I've run my finger across that uh, writing of his, and hopefully that the anointing would just pour off <laughs> on <laughs> off, off of him to me. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I do want to say something about our uh, our listenership. It's slowly but surely growing. You know, we didn't even start this until late September, October of last year. And uh, Harold, we have gone international now. Did you know that? No. Yes. Yes. We're we're now have been downloaded not only in the United States, but our episodes have been downloaded in Poland. And then just recently, India. So we are huge with the Polacks and the Hindus, I guess. Do, do they even <laughs> speak Southern American over there? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe so. Maybe they there's some a, redneck pastors in those locations. They may have a Southern missionary as their translator <laughs> or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me. And, of course, today, uh, January the 5th, is a the huge uh, Georgia Senate runoffs. And uh, this, I mean, this is very big uh, as if Biden gets in and these two Democrat socialists get in, then uh, this will absolutely change the uh, change America for a long, long time. So we need to be praying and uh all of our listeners, if you listen to this before the end of the day to go and vote. And, uh, and then tomorrow is the big, uh, stop the steal rally. I believe it's what it's called in Washington, DC. And, uh, Harold, are you going to that? No, uh, actually I was, I don't have a ride. That's what my, <laughs> my excuse is. <laughs> <laughs> that's not, that's not my thing is go to a rally. I'm not a protester. I, I, I think that's what the minority does. I think the majority wins in a voting booth and the minority try to, tries to win with protest and violence. And uh, 
I just I, I'm I'm not a pro march protest person. Right. Um, I think you're better served trying to win the neighbor next door than you are trying to march on you know Washington D.C. or or the capital of our, your state or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm and I'm still holding out hope, and I know you maybe disagree, but I still believe there's a chance that Trump could still be inaugurated as president, and uh, it would it would be a miracle, but uh, there's still a chance. <laughs> you know yeah. what's weird? What's weird is that Harris was just sworn in the other day as a senator. First time ever uh, a senator who was elected as president or vice president was sworn in instead of resigning, which is typical of what they do. So that means to me that she knows that there is a legitimate chance that they may not end up in the White House. So there's there's the hope. You want some definite hard answers? Uh, no. If it's the person. Negative. The person that God has chosen to be the president of America will be sworn in. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> whether he whether he is gracious to us and merciful, or whether he is grace and mercy have have been exhausted, and it is now time for judgment and a wake up call. Either one will be the person that God has That's right. ordained, and you and I will have to accept it and either grin our teeth and, and grin and bear it, or uh, Either way, we still have responsibility to pray for that yes. person, pray for peace in America. Yes. And uh, but to be honest with you, Wade, I'm when I look at America's future, it's just regardless of who the president is, it just does not look like you mm -hmm. know uh, uh, the yellow brick road and no. you know all peace and roses and happiness and joy. Either way, we are a divided country. That's right, and it kind of gets us into our our subject today. And uh, go ahead and tell our listeners what, what our topic is today. Our topic is a man, a woman, and America. <laughs> and uh, I said that the way I meant it. Yeah. Um, Emmanuel Cleaver um, prayed a now famous prayer in Congress on Sunday in the opening of, of Congress. It, it's been traditional that someone would come up and pray, and there's been a number of Evangelical preachers, even Catholic priests, a number of different people have come in and offered this honorary prayer. And to be honest with you, there haven't been many good prayers in the last few years, several mm -hmm. years. You know, they've been very vague and very general, and I wouldn't expect any less out of Emmanuel Cleaver. But here's the thing about him. You ever heard of him before, Wade? Never. Never, never. have. Huh. Well, the funny thing is, I never heard of him either, but now he's famous for altering the original Hebrew word, amen, or amen, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Uh, he, he altered that to be more gender inclusive and called it amen. So let's, let's give everybody a rundown of who this unknown congressman is. Emmanuel Cleaver is now serving his seventh term. Uh, as representing Missouri's 5th Congressional District. So he has been in Congress since 05. Prior to his uh, service in Congress, Cleaver has served on the Kansas City City Council since 1979. So he held a very important role. By the way, Kansas City is the largest municipality in Missouri. 
I mean, this mm-hmm. is a, for people who are not familiar with the Midwest, Kansas City is a very large metropolitan complex. And so to be a congr- or councilman there from 79 to 91 is pretty impressive. That would give him a lot of influence within a very important city. But in 1991, he became the first black mayor of Kansas City, and he held the office of mayor there from 91 to 99. So this gives him a lot of prominence, a lot of prestige, especially in the Midwest. And uh, he holds five honorary doctorates degrees. So when you become famous for something, schools want to give you a doctorate and get their name mentioned. He holds five of those, but he is a graduate of Prairie A&M, which I believe is a Texas college where he got a, um, a a bachelor's degree. Then he went on to St. Paul's School of Theology in Kansas City. This is a United Methodist Seminary, and mm-hmm. he received a master's degree from a United Methodist Seminary. And this would make sense because we've been talking about his political career. Let me just tell you this. He became the pastor of St. James United Methodist Church in Kansas City, Missouri, in March of 1972. So in 72, he is a pastor of a United Methodist Church in Kansas City. He continues to pastor there until 2009. Hmm. So let's put this in perspective. We are the Patriot Pastors podcast, and a lot of people would disagree with us being political and pastor. Mm -hmm. Okay, well... (laughs) This guy was not not just political. You and I don't hold, have not held any kind of political office. Right. This right. guy was a councilman on the city council of Kansas City. He was the mayor of Kansas City, and he served two terms as in the United States Congress while maintaining his pastorate. Mm. I, wait, I don't know what it's like to pastor in Kansas City, but I know what it's like to pastor in Van Buren. Could you imagine doing all that you do? Uh, there in Valonia, and I do in Van Buren, and then writing laws for the land from yeah. Washington, D.C. There's no way. Yeah. Could you mayor a city the size of of Kansas City and maintain your place as pastor of a church? Mm-mm. No. All right. Well, now Not, not biblically. But it's all too often the case in America, people use the pulpit or the church as a springboard into um, politics. And mm-hmm. I'll give you an example of this, Mike Huckabee. Mike Huckabee was a pastor in Arkansas, was the president at one time of the Arkansas Baptist Convention, and he launched into politics from the pulpit. I do not have that desire. Mm-hmm. It would be a step down for me to leave the pulpit to go be a politician. Right. Um, but when we look at at Emanuel Cleaver, he his family is rather colorful. He has a cousin who was who is now an exiled member of the Kansas City Black Panther Party, Pete O'Neill. O'Neill was arrested back in the late sixties, early seventies. I think it was sixty nine. He was arrested. Nineteen seventy. He was sentenced uh, for transporting uh, a firearm across state lines. And he jumped his bail and fled to Algeria. And this became known as the um, International Black Panther Party. So these guys that were being arrested or being hunted down for violence, they fled to Algeria as a way of exile and and escape. 
So Pete O'Neill is the cousin of Emmanuel Cleaver, and he's still in exile. He still lives in Algeria, and Pete O'Neill has sought uh, his pardon, first of all, in 1997 from Bill Clinton, and Bill Clinton denied it. Hmm. Then Emmanuel Cleaver sought pardon multiple times from Barack Obama, and Obama denied it as well. So Cleaver is still trying to get his former Black Panther uh, cousin out of exile. He had another famous cousin named Eldridge Cleaver. Eldridge Cleaver was also a member of the Black Panther Party, really one of their prominent writers. His wife, Kathleen Cleaver, is uh, is now living in America, and she works in the court system and is a lawyer. And, and Kathleen and Eldridge Cleaver were writers and legal activists in the Black Panther Party. Eldridge also fled to Algeria to escape being arrested and put in jail. These are all his extended family and extended wow. family that he has sought the pardon of as recently as Barack Obama. So is, is he related to Wally and Beaver Cleaver as well? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's I more help akin it, to man. Eddie Haskell. I think he's more akin to Eddie Haskell. <laughs> yeah. Because it seems to be he's associated with, with trouble. And look, from all accounts, he was probably a great mayor in Kansas City and you know, probably a great city councilman. Uh, you know, I don't know anything mm -hmm. about the politics there, even though that's just about four hours north of me. I really don't know anything about it. But his early involvement with people who were in the Black Panther Party just makes me scratch my head. And the fact that he's trying to seek their their pardon from stuff they did 40 years ago mm -hmm. really makes me scratch my head, Wade. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's um, crazy. So it doesn't shock me that at this stage in his life, he's trying to uh, do some kind of ginger, uh, gender twisting with the, the, the ancient Hebrew word, amen. Yeah. What do you think? Well, we actually, ha actually have the uh, audio of that. So let's, let's play that and uh, let our listeners hear it if they have not heard it yet. May the Lord make his face to shine upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon us and give us peace. Peace in our families, peace across this land. And dare I ask, O oh Lord, peace even in this chamber, now and evermore. We ask it in the name of the monotheistic God, Brahma, and God known by many names, by many different faiths. A man and a woman. So can you believe that? <laughs> what you know again that's just why would you say something so ignorant if he would have just said amen and shut up it was not a bad prayer yeah it, it yeah. wasn't like he it wasn't like he prayed down fire and brimstone on anybody right, right. It, it wasn't like he uh it, it was very it was monotheistic he says god is a monotheistic god so he's yeah. talking about basically uh a god of one of three religions, because there's three mm -hmm. main monotheistic religions. That's Islam and Judaism and Christianity. We believe in yeah. one god. All, right. all three of those religions are, are one god religions. But what's weird is that <laughs> you're hearing one thing and I'm hearing another, where the the uh, transcript that he gave as his prayer does not have that word Brahma in it, I think he's saying the word Brahma. Yeah. But I, you you're, you think he's just mumbling. I, I but, think he just mumbled. So, I, 
which which Brahma is like the the Hindu god right. or something. I, right. I'm not really familiar, but he it seems like he said something there, but uh, well, very my, odd. My take on it was, you know, you wouldn't Brahma is not a a major god. I mean, that is not a major religion. That god is not one that's on the mm-hmm. forefront. It's not like Buddha. Yeah. Um, so I, I I think, and I was just copied uh, his his transcript from C-SPAN and it's pretty much word for word, except that they left that out. And I think that's why he just mumbled there. Mm -hmm. And and I think I know why he mumbled because the next thing he's about to say is a man and a woman. And Mm -hmm. he knows, he knows when he's going to utter these words that this is going to be a major event. I mean, he mm-hmm. knows this is going to stir some backlash. You don't get yeah. up and say these kind of things and not expect something to, to come out of them. Right, right. And, and you know, one thing that sticks out to me, this this guy, who I understand has five honorary doctorates, five honorary doctorates. And the verse that comes to my mind is Romans chapter 1, where it says, professing to be wise they became fools and what he said was just so foolish in so many ways, so ignorant in so many ways. It's really an embarrassment um, for other countries to, to hear what he said. And um, this is one of our nation's leaders. He's a representative for the people of Missouri. Um, Right. it's, It's, it's very troubling that we've, where have we become? Right. Uh, if you're, if you are a United Methodist, let's think about that. John Wesley would turn over in his grave if he saw what the Methodists believe and teach today. And, uh, and you're hitting all crazy. over it. You're hitting all over it, Wade. The idea here is this. We've gotten away from what any of these religions really are. In other mm-hmm. words, doctrine doesn't matter. Mm hmm. All that matters is political influence, popularity. Yes. You know, are you, this guy is not, I mean, his, he became a pastor in 72, but by 79, in seven years, he's on the city council of, of a major, the major city in his state. Mm-hmm. I mean, he yep. is in a very prominent role just seven years into his pastorate. Yes. This is what boggles my mind. Uh, yeah. It, it, it's almost, I've always said this about deacons. Baptist churches pick deacons not based on their biblical qualifications, but are they well-liked in society? Uh, do they have a successful business? You know, are, are they, it's more about their political, their, uh, their social influence mm-hmm. than if they actually meet the qualifications of, uh, mentioned there in First Timothy. Right. Right. And I think in America, it's the same way with preachers. The most prominent preachers are not the best expositors. Mm-hmm. They're they're not the John MacArthur's. You know, they're they're not the um, uh, they're not Jeff Noblet. They're not R.C. Sproul. Mm-hmm. They are Rick Warren. They yes. are guys that are po- are social leaders. Uh, yeah. They are guys that have a big influence, like uh, Olstein, and so. America is reaping what they've sown in that they have acknowledged and propped up on public display these social preachers 
and they have forsaken doctrinal teaching in their churches. And now you've got a guy that's been to seminary, just like you pointed out, professing himself to be wise. He knows what the word amen means. Right. And he's twisted that for social and political gain Mm -hmm. to something gender related. Yes. And, you know, we talked about this at the beginning of this episode, that if the Lord chooses to uh, allow judgment to fall, this is a perfect example as to why he would be just to do that. And uh, it it just reminds me of uh, in the book of Judges, where that verse that says, go out and cry to the gods whom you have chosen. Then it goes on to say, let them save you in the time of your distress. Yeah. This God that he's praying to is not the God of the Bible. Mm-mm. He is praying to some culturally relevant God that really has become America's God. And uh, so, yeah, if God chooses not to show mercy upon America, if God chooses not to save this uh, constitutional republic and we go socialist and, and, and go more uh, in a more evil direction, he is just to do that because look, look what's in our, in our leadership right now. Yeah. Well, I, I just go back and I keep saying, if this is America's idea of a pastor, mm-hmm. then we're not the America of our forefathers. Right. If this fellow had stood up and let's say the fourth Congress, you know, in the 1780s or 90s and offered yeah. this prayer, even people who were not Christians like Thomas Jefferson and Ben Franklin would say, who is this goofball that's mm-hmm. up making up words? I mean, yeah, yeah. it's it just our forefathers would have never put up with this kind of stuff. Right. But the fact that we're to a place where somebody feels so comfortable that they can get up and offer this kind of a prayer, mm-hmm. which I, I want to be clear here, the things he actually prayed for and mentioned were not bad. He mm-hmm. asked God to to awaken them to this high office that they hold, that they wouldn't soil it by by selfish utters, uh, uh, utterances. He says, um, all of our policies are soiled by selfishness, perverted by prejudice. I mean, he's asking for good things, but then he turns around and you go, okay, who's he asking this to? The God of heaven, the creator right. and sustainer of all life? And it's no, it's this monotheistic God, this real vague. I mean, the power is not in the prayer. The power is in who you're praying to. Mm-hmm. And that's what America has lost. Yeah, Christians are going around saying this. There's power in prayer. There's power in prayer. Get on Facebook. Anytime something bad happens, where's all my prayer warriors? Mm-hmm. You know, I want people to pray and send good thoughts. Folks, the power of of a prayer is not in the number of people that are praying it. It's not in that they're prayer warriors. It's mm-hmm. not in how long they pray or often they pray. The power of prayer is in who we pray to. Yes. But yes. churches have missed this for so long. They haven't taught this. They haven't corrected this. It shouldn't be a shocker 
that a guy that's been a pastor of a United Methodist Church since 1972 gets up and offers such a moronic pres- uh, prayer as this. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Absolutely. Yeah, and and what was that last line of of that where after he said monotheistic, monotheistic God. God and the God known by many names and faiths. There's the problem. Yeah, see that's many names and pluralistic. Faith. Yeah, yeah. Uh, our God is uh, the God that you and I are serving. Wade is the God of one faith. It's the Christian faith. Yes, one Lord, one faith, one yeah, baptism. Our God is not the God of Islam. He is not the God of uh, Hinduism. He's not the mm-hmm. God of Jainism. He's not the God of any other religion. Yeah. But the yeah. world loves these guys. Like Joel Osteen would say, you know, in his little whiny voice, he would say, I'm just glad that, you know, in our church, uh, uh, a Muslim, a Mormon, a Catholic can all sit together and all feel welcome. Well, I would say you're not preaching the gospel properly if people can believe a different gospel and still be happy with your preaching. Mm-hmm. The gospel is an offense, Wade. Yes. You know this. Yes. It, it is contrary to what man believes. Right. And, uh, because every, every other religion other than Christianity is a works-based religion. It is you have to be better, you have to do good, you have to try hard, maybe God will help you. Christianity says Jesus Christ paid it all. Mm-hmm. When he right. says it's finished, our work is complete in him. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't serve him and we're we're antinomian and do not work. It just means that our salvation is accomplished by Christ. Yes. And it's yes. evidenced in our life by our obedience to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but America's to blame here, Wade. They've allowed these kind of men to be called pastors, and, and they've allowed these kind of men to prominence. And it shouldn't shock us that these kind of men are praying in the high places in our country's government. Mm-hmm. Nor should it shock us that his prayer was not even heard by the Lord. <laughs> you know, the Bible talks about where the uh, if if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord the Lord will not hear me. Well, this man undoubtedly is not even a, a, a true believer. Uh, he he believes in, in a God, but not the God of the Bible. And he's really representative of what our country has become, that we we are believers. We just don't believe in the true God, the God of the Bible. And uh, it's 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 really telling. And, you know, we say, well, it's just it's just one little prayer and one little added word that he added on there. But it's really the, the tale of a society that has become so, uh, anti-God, so evil that, uh, that really that they're show, we're showing our ignorance publicly. Yeah. It really goes back to this. We've lost John 3.16 and replaced it with Matthew, what is it, 7.12, judge not lest you be judged. Mm-hmm. We're in a position where we can't call someone unchristian anymore. If right. this guy says he's a pastor and this guy says he's, you know, he's pastor in a Methodist church, then who are we to ever question him? Yeah. I mean, we're to yeah. the place where people say, uh, well, at least they go to church somewhere. Folks, mm-hmm. what if you had attended the St. James United Methodist Church since 1972? What kind of messages were you hearing from this career politician? Right. What kind of theology, what kind of doctrine were you being taught? Because if you were being taught Bible doctrine, his policies would not be acceptable 
to you. you he couldn't be pro-abortion. Yeah. He couldn't be pro-gay marriage. Not if, not if he was teaching Bible doctrine. Mm -hmm. And so what we've done is we've dismissed doctrine. We've said you can't judge anybody. If they say they're a Christian, you have to take them at their word. And then we have to sit back and accept these guys as pastors and everybody else as Christian. And we've got to get back to where we preach the truth, even if it's unpopular and people don't like it. Yes, yes. And, you know, we've talked about this on, on uh, different episodes, previous episodes, that it's uh, it's time for pastors to get back to preaching thus saith the Lord and preaching the whole counsel of God. And, and here in America, where it has been relatively easy to be a Bible preacher, we're entering into a stage, into a season where it's going to be increasingly more difficult. And yeah. this prayer that we're mentioning here is just a sign of that. And um, so it's, Now's the test. The test is coming um, for your church. Uh, if your church is absolutely so fearful of this virus that they're not coming to church because of this 99.5 survival rate, do you really think they're going to come when there's a chance of persecution? Yeah. Uh, and did you see the uh, the elders in the church in Canada? I believe it's Trinity Bible Church. Six elders were charged for holding a uh, a church service, mm -hmm. and uh, they were under lockdown. They were not supposed to meet, and uh, they were arrested, charged. And I, you know, my my thought my thought was to uh, one of our church members, "Hey, this is just across the border." Yeah, and I said. You put in a Biden administration, you add in a little bit more fear mongering, and this same thing will be happening here in our own country. And uh, we need to be preparing for this, you know, as pastors and, and churches. I can't tell you how many times I've had these discussions with Christians and churches traveling around preaching, preaching in our own church, and they'll say, well, not in America, not in America. Mm-hmm. Well, I would have never believed that in America you could come out and just tell every business to close because there's a virus going around. I wouldn't have thought that a governor could say everybody has to wear a mask over their face in public and people would do it. That The old days of never in America, you people need to pull your head out of the sand and look around. This is not the America of Warden June Cleaver. This is the America yeah. of Emmanuel Cleaver. That's good. That's true. Well, I tell you what, this the the bottom line is this: pastors preach the word, live the word, church member, and uh, heed it. And because days are coming, we're we're going to be tested. And as as you said earlier, Harold, regardless who ends up being inaugurated, we are in for a very difficult time. Yeah, and our faith is going to be tested, and so. We we pray that this podcast would just help encourage you to live out your faith for the Lord Jesus Christ in a public way, a biblical way, and that you would display his majesty and and just magnify the name of Christ everywhere you go. 
Well, we, we want to thank you for listening to this edition, this episode of the Patriot Pastors Podcast. And we hope to, uh, hope that you'll listen again very soon.